0: Love it. Love talking about money. money. And drugs. We're many, talking about money and drugs today. Money, drugs, and death. Like, money, drugs, and death. MDD. I mean, what else is there? Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? Hey, everyone. Welcome to Cocktails and Conspiracies. Welcome.
1: That was very professional. That, was it? Yeah. It might have been the most professional. We're going to talk about some fucked up stuff today.
0: Oh, my God. We're talking about a really fucked up case today. And it has to do
1: political intrigue,
0: political shit, drugs, and a small town, unsolved deaths.
1: So one thing, and you you and I are both crazy about like true crime and murder, but the thing that scares me the most after listening to, I can't tell you how many hundreds of cases solved, unsolved, whatever, here are the two things that I'm most scared about when it comes to like. Getting away with murder or, like, protecting yourself. Is anyone with a shit ton of money, yeah. like, the McAfee guy that we talked about that one time, yeah. like, getting away with murder in two very rural, small towns in the United yes. States.
0: Scariest fuck. And then you add in some politicians. Mm. You got a mix. That McAfee guy, though. He literally... This guy... Okay, so got this. Murder. If you Fade haven't way seen, what is the documentary I what it's called? The it about... documentary on Netflix, and literally, like his sexual like thing was yeah. um, women shitting in his mouth. <laughs> I'm yeah. not kidding. Through a hammock,
1: they would they would sit on the hammock, and he would put his mouth underneath the hammock, and he would <laughs> eat their shit. That made me like he got aroused it. by it. That's that's a thing. Like you know, so weird. I know. And gross. No judging, but like. No, I'm judging. judging. I am. Well, you know, golden showers. That's like, I think that's like the gateway. Like. Golden showers. Like peeing. Pee on their face? Or no, just peeing on somebody. That's like a turn on for a lot
0: of people. But that's nothing compared to eating someone's shit.
1: Scatting. Is Scat that called? sex.
0: Oh, Why is that called sex? That should be called. Because. I don't like, you know. I'm going to die
1: tomorrow because of all the bacteria and. Sh- Stuff that's in there, yeah. Why didn't he get E. coli? I'm very. I don't think he ate it. I think he just went. In, I don't know. Oh, oh, but still, I don't care. I don't care. I don't okay, care. whatever. Yeah, just watch that documentary and know what we're talking about. Sick. What is it called?
0: Uh, McAfee. The McAfee. Hold on, I gotta see what it's called.
1: Why are you doing that? I'm gonna grab like a switch.
0: It's called Gringo. Oh. Uh. Gringo, and that's the dangerous life of John McAfee. It's on Netflix, and it's so nuts. So this guy—if you remember that antivirus—it was literally. It's still around, I think. It was on every like PC in the '90s.
1: Arguably, the most successful antivirus like company. He started that from scratch, like. Ever. Ever. Everyone fucking, still has it. It's around. He's rich as hell. He's gotten into politics. Is he still rich
0: or did he lose all his money? Oh yeah,
1: he's super rich because people still buy it. It's still, like, loaded onto your... It's like a standard. It's, it's like a Microsoft, but for antivirus. Like yeah. It's almost like a standard that's loaded onto your computer automatically. Oh,
0: my God. This guy's nuts. Y'all, everyone needs to watch it. You it's will be funny. just astonished at this psycho.
1: So today we were, um, lazy and we didn't make a cocktail for this. Well, you kind of made a cocktail. Yeah. It's a uh, vodka and what? Vodka and like, okay. So Perrier has like these slim can, like, uh, they're sparkling waters and they come in a bunch of flavors. The, ap- I think it's either peach or apricot is the best. It's like, it's, good. it's so tasty, right? Cheers. Cheers. Ah. That's a, that was a clump. <laughs> It's a full glass right there. <laughs> and one I made again. this drink while I was talking to you, and I didn't count my pores. Uh-oh. So I usually count to, like... What do you count to? For this glass, because it's big. This actually... It's a short glass, but it holds a lot. I go, one, two, three, four, five.
0: <gasps> five? Fast ones. Oof. Oof. We're getting a little drunk today. It's just good, because I need to get drunk to talk about this fucking, fucking psycho-ass thing. story.
1: So... Oh, let's do some quick housekeeping. So yes. we want okay, yeah. to, um, we want to do a and A. Yeah, you can ask us any question. Get I know to we know had, us a little bit. We talked about that a few, a couple of episodes ago, but but the problem is we
0: talk about it at the end, and.
1: Nobody listens all the way well, to the end. I don't. I very rarely do oh, unless somebody ends somebody... it as soon as they're done telling the story. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, it's understandable, but we're bringing it up at the beginning. Email us. You know, message us through Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Any questions you have, we're going to do a complete Q&A and, like, just talk Send about the us. Silly questions.
1: Yeah. We want to tell you about ourselves. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just don't be gross. What do you mean? Like, I mean, if you have an open Q&A, like... How gross. Like,
0: have you ever taken a shit on someone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. we can both... Uh, we can both... Thankfully. Very, you know. very honestly answer no to that. <laughs> I mean, that's the grossest. We never the, killed anything. No.
1: Okay, I did when I was Uh-oh. younger. I, okay, so I wanted to collect butterflies when I was younger. So I, like, went up with a jar and... Collecting butterflies in my mind was smushing them and then putting in them in the nice jar. So there's so a killed bunch of, of butterflies. Dead okay, well. And my mom was so sweet. I think she let me keep them, and they smelled really bad, and I got rid of them. Not she myself. let you keep all the dead butterflies?
0: I used to collect roly bullies, though. I loved roly And
1: bullies,
0: then I, um. Also
1: known as doodle bugs to some.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Doodle bugs? I've never heard that. Um, I used to go get a bunch of tadpoles from our creek and That's put it. them in our bird bed. Bird Bird bath. Ugh. And my mom was like, "What the fuck?" Because I wanted to see them develop into frogs. You know, I love you science know, and all you that know, shit.
1: Frogs are like my biggest fear. Fear? We talked about that a lot. You know how grossed out I am? I'm scarred from I frogs. Hate, I hate them. Toads, frogs, the little green ones that hang on your windows—like, fucking hate them all. Oh, really? i I will jump out of my skin.
0: They're so scary. I hate them. Yeah, they'll scare you.
1: I hate how they move. Like. They move. They're real still until all of a sudden they're not. Yeah. And, like, anything that moves erratically, I move erratically. Right. That's why I don't like chickens. I don't like bunny rabbits. I don't like... You don't like bunny rabbits? Oh, they're cute as hell. Like, I follow a lot of them on Instagram. But, like, the way that they move, they're real fast. Who do you follow on Instagram? I'll show you. They're real cute.
0: Just bunny pages?
1: Yeah. They're They're super cute. They are. They're so sweet. But I don't like the way they move because they're still, and then all of a sudden they'll jump and you know how startled i get
0: right i do too so, so startled. startled yeah all the time it's the start. only thing that scared me or like worried me about frogs or toads
1: was like the wart thing yeah because oh, you for can sure. get warts. that's a which that's is an an weird old w- wives tale oh is it yeah it's not true
0: it's not from frogs
1: no are you it's sure? It's bacterial and it's hereditary. No, it's a virus and it's hereditary. Like, oh, I thought it was from frogs. I had, I had one on my hand. I got removed. Like, and my dad had some. Like, or my mom never did. But it's hereditary for sure. Weird. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a virus, so they can hmm. spread. Are they known to spread through frogs? No, they just have like bumps on their back that look like warts. Weird. That's such an old wives' tale for sure. I thought it was straight-up science. That's why you believe in these conspiracy theories. I know. I believe in everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so speaking of, tell us what you – give the overview on this one.
0: Okay, so again, today we're talking about the boys on the tracks. And you guys, this is such a good one. Okay, so the boys on the track. This is a super fucked-up, unsolved, cold-case murder, but it goes all the way to the top. To this day. So, um, this has to do with two boys named Kevin Ives and Don Henry yeah. in this tiny little town in Arkansas. Mina, yeah. So, Kevin and Don were best friends, they were besties, and this whole thing happened. This was um, 19, the end of summer, 1987 in August. Yeah. Yeah, so we're bebas. Or I was a beba. You were I just. just
1: a, I was probably being formed. conceived. And I are so Just a little
0: zygote. I
1: was probably the size like a,
0: like of an olive or something. I'm oh, sweet. Yeah, a little olive. So Kevin Ives and Don Henry, they're best friends. It's the end of their summer, their junior year. They're about to get into their senior year. They're hanging out with some friends in like a parking lot. Did you ever do that in high school? Yeah. Like just hang out in parking lots. Yes. So, you so weird. To, yeah. Like so- we used to hang out in Sonic parking lots. Like drink. Like just. The grossest liquor in Sonic Mixed Drinks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 So, but these two boys, they were really good boys. Like, they're about to start their senior year. This night, they go back to Dawn's house. So, remember, it's Kevin and Dawn. They go back to Dawn's house around midnight to go check hunting. in.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, they go to check oh, in because yeah, yeah. they were spending the night at Dawn's house. And they wanted to check in with Don's dad, Curtis. So, then, you know, they asked Curtis, can we go hunting? And he's like, yeah, sure, go, go ahead, be careful, whatever. I'll see you in the morning. This was totally normal at the time too. And so they were going to go do a form of hunting that's called spotlighting. Yeah. And this you can only do at night. And it's illegal, but very common, I guess. And so that's what they were going to go do. So they had their spotlight, they had their rifle, and they leave around 1230 to go start hunting. Um, so let's cut to the following morning, 4:25 a.m. There's a 75-car, 6,000-ton cargo train that it's on its regular night run from Texarkana to Little Rock. So remember, this is all in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And as the train starts to approach Bryant, the engineer and a few workers start to notice something on the tracks ahead. So at first they think it's an animal, but then they quickly realize it's two teenage boys. And they immediately slam on the brakes. They start blowing the horn. They're they're trying to wake them up. They know that the train's not going to stop in time. Remember, it's completely dark. It's pitch black. And they run over these two boys. So again, when they first saw the boys, they slammed on the brakes or whatever. And then after they ran over them, the train finally comes to a stop. So they get out of the train. They get out of the what's the main yeah yeah the caboose no not the caboose tra- the caboose is at the, the end right yeah whatever that first one is. Yeah, they get out of their train or whatever and they're trying to you know find whatever sort of evidence they can they call the cops and just imagine the scene i mean a
1: mm-hmm. train
0: ran over a what a 75 car train runs over these boys yeah um they were just completely mutilated. Yeah, carnage. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's not like they I were identified like, immediately, look. right? You couldn't be like, "Oh, I recognize." You, he didn't have anything. You couldn't oh recognize gosh. anything on yeah. him. So, and also, it wasn't until the next morning that their parents began searching for them because remember they knew that they, yeah, were, they were out go late hunting. Right. Yeah. Um. So that following Monday, like a day later, local officials contacted the Ives and Henry families after the two boys had been identified conclusively through dental records. So the story was covered statewide and soon went national. State officials, including the state medical examiner, Dr. Fami Malik, which we will talk about. He's a total dickhead. Total dick. Um, He almost immediately ruled the boy's death as a a parent suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that all four parents disputed the ruling, they were like, there's no way our sons would commit suicide. We know them. Like, this doesn't make any sense. This guy, Malik, he was the state medical examiner at the time. And this is really important because he had these really bizarre rulings in several homicides that just didn't make sense. Um, So, this was kind of a theme when it comes to this.
1: This is a real house of cards type of (laughs) situation here. This guy's the worst. I think there's a lot of back scratching going Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. with old fammy.
0: Yeah. Have you seen a picture of this guy? He looks like an idiot. So Dr. Malik, this uh, medical examiner, without any supporting evidence, ruled that the boys had each smoked more than 20 marijuana cigarettes and in a psychedelic stupor had fallen asleep on the tracks. And that was it. That was his ruling. Uh it was Case later,
1: closed, gotta go home. They were too it's high.
0: 405. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was later learned that the state crime lab never even tested the concentration of marijuana. And in fact, they had used a test on the boys' blood, which was designed to be used on their urine. So he basically used their blood for a urine test. This How does guy that was even the worst. I mean that's two a horrible mistake. Aren't the same. Right. Yeah,
1: they're very different.
0: One's yellow, one's red. Yeah. Come on, guys. Come on, y'all. Get it together.
1: And this is a running theme, by the way. Like, so many cases are mishandled. And we talked about this before. It's like, especially in, like, some of these smaller areas where they either there's not a lot of crime, they don't have a lot of experience, or their budget is small, they don't have a lot of people. And it's not always the police's fault. It's really not. But there's a lot of mishandling of of deaths and disappearances, which is unfortunate. So, Dr. Malik, he has major, major ties to the Clintons, and Bill Clinton at the time was governor of Arkansas. So, he refused, Governor Bill Clinton refused for several years to dismiss a state medical examiner who whose controversial decrees included a ruling that helped Clinton's mother— a nurse anesthetic. Anesthet- anesthet- anesthetist. Anesthetist. An anesthetist. A nurse slash person. Oh, God. What is that? Oh, shit. Hold on. Right here. Anesthetist. Yeah. Um, anesthetist. Anesthetist. anesthetist.
0: Ananethist?
1: One of those. Something like that. Fuck. What, what boy, is that? I don't know. She's a nurse and she assisted with the anesthesia of patients. Anesthesia? Anesthesia, like when you go under. Is that what it's called? <laughs> so I know a doctor that does that is an anesthesiologist. Right. So nurse anesthetist, Anesthetic. anesthetist. Anethe- oh wow, am I having a stroke? <laughs> I'm having a stroke <laughs> right so now. Whatever. Uh, okay, so he helped, So there's this medical examiner who is Malik helped Clinton's mother avoid scrutiny in the death of a patient. Um. So Doctor Malik was protected by the governor and the state labo- laboratory laboratory. Wow. Bored. English is my first language, guys, I promise. So, okay, here's some other cases that are fucked up. And this
0: is from the same medical
1: examiner. So yes. this is how Knowledge
0: legit our
1: concerns are. Right. So other cases that this guy to- royally screwed. So um, the first one is known as the Albright case. So in June 1985, Raymond P. Albright, who is 50 years old, of Mountain Home, was found in his yard dead of gunshot wounds. Albright had been arrested the night before on charges of theft. Malik ruled his death a suicide. But Albright had been shot five times. All five shots were in the chest. The weapon was a high powered pistol. We think, says Maggie Hall, Albright's ex wife, he was murdered. No shit. So, yeah, he he stole something the night before and then like decided to kill himself. It yeah, wasn't the people that he, he shot himself. Five um, times in the chest. Yeah. His trigger finger was fast. I know. Wow. That's so impressive. then in this timeline, as far as like a chronological timeline, then the Ives Henry case, which obviously that's what we're talking about. Even after this royal fuck up with the Ives uh Henry case, another case came along, the Malcolm case, June nineteen eighty nine. And this was About a year, less than a year after the Kevin Ives and Don Henry case, this guy, Andrew Smith, age 59, who police said had shot himself, was declared brain dead at University Hospital in Little Rock. Life support was withdrawn. A week later, Malik told officers that the order to end life support was given by a deputy county coroner, Mark Malcolm, who had not consulted Andrew Smith's family, And that he would have to rule that Malcolm killed him. So Malik said the police officer killed this guy. Yeah. Okay. The attending physician had used a medical symbol on Andrew Smith's chart, the guy that died, um, to show that life support was ended after the family had been consulted. The director of the state health department said Malik apparently had mistaken the symbol to mean without Family consultation and apparently had misread the chart to mean that permission to end life support had come from Malcolm. What? He, uh yeah. So they say that Ma- Malik apologized for his mistake. I mean, those signs sorry. have got to be vastly different because they mean very well, obviously. Different things. And you're in the fucking I'm sure they don't look the exact profession. same profession, like it's like everyone knows what know your codes, know your codes, dude. Um, oh, especially those codes. He said he was so- sorry.
0: Okay,
1: well, Sorry, at least he medicine. apologized. At least he apologized. Sure. Um, the next, uh, the Stevens case. These are all less than a year apart. So Gregory Stephens, he's 25, of Hot Springs, Arkansas, was fatally shot while he was on the front porch of his home. Prosecutor Paul Bossen brought Ur- Ernest Lemons, age 21, a parolee to trial on murder for Gregory Stephens, that guy on the porch. Witnesses said that Steffens had been shot from the street 40 feet away. When Malik took the stand, he said that Steffens had been shot point blank. Deputy Prosecutor Bruce McPhee was stunned. He knew his case was doomed, and he had asked the charges to be dismissed because Malik said, no, he was shot point blank, not 40 feet away. Prosecutor Boston, angry at being blindsided, sought an evaluation from three outside pathologists. Each said that Stevens had not been shot point blank, and one said it seemed that Malik had studied the wrong tissue samples. Oh,
0: my God. A DNA
1: analysis confirmed that either blood samples or the tissue samples that Malik used had come from another corpse. Um, It was said that Malik was, quote-unquote, shocked by the DNA results. This guy is fucking clueless. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Okay. So Malik. This shady motherfucker. Um, He's working with Bill Clinton's mom, Bill Clinton's governor at the time, and he loves him. Bill Clinton loves Malik. He supports him unconditionally. So this made it really hard for the Ives and Henry family to testify against him. So finally his parents were like, fuck this. No one's listening to us. We can't get through, you know, to our government, through our government. So they went to the media.
1: They took this shit public.
0: Yeah. And they were like, fuck this. We're going to the media. And the next day, the day after they went to the media, they were able to get the case reopened. Um, So.
1: And the bodies were exhumed. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know what? That's pretty fucked up. Like, do you, I mean, how many examples do we have of like government not doing anything until like public pressure is applied?
0: I know. Well, that tells you. Mm
1: -hmm. Can't piss off the public. You need them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think they did the right thing. So, this case is finally reopened, which led to a grand jury, which was led by an attorney named Dan Harmon. Remember that name. Danny Boy. So, this guy is, like, really, really close to the family from the start. From the very beginning. He's like. I want to help you guys find justice. Yeah. Free of charge. Pro bono. He's helping them out. Linda
1: was like. She felt. The mom felt really good. She's like. You know. I really felt like he had our yeah. best interest at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean. How could you not. If this guy and is willing to help God you out. Friend. Free of charge. And yeah. I'm
1: wondering why so
0: he's so nice about it. I know. So nice. So.
1: He, Not ulterior motives at all, I'm sure.
0: No, no, no. Okay. He even requested that the judge residing over the grand jury appoint him special prosecutor to supervise the investigations over the death. So he was, like, weirdly passionate he about wants this case. more workloads. And he's, he's like, I want justice for you guys. Like, I'm going to do everything I can, work day and night, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the case is reopened and the bodies are exhumed. Nationally recognized forensic pathologist Dr. Joseph Burton was assigned from the grand jury, and he's actually from another state. So this had, like, there's no no bias or anything like that. Um, Good
1: old boy system. Right.
0: And his findings revealed a completely different story. Oh, shocker. Right. So his findings revealed that Don Henry had been stabbed in the back and Kevin Aya's face had been smashed by a blow from a rifle butt before their bodies were placed on the railroad tracks. Burton's autopsy also revealed that Malik had mutilated Kevin's skull by sawing it. Remember, Malik is the original medical examiner. He mutilated Kevin's saw by sawing it in so many different directions that it was impossible to tell where the original skull fractures were.
1: Maybe he's not so incompetent after all. Yeah,
0: he knows what he's doing. Malik had also completely dismantled Kevin's jawbones. Burton stated that he had performed thousands of autopsies, and he had never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah, it's like, why is that necessary? you like, just... Really? Yeah, mutilated like, him. Just... His
0: already mutilated body. He like, just made Ugh, it even worse. Is sick. But, I mean, sadly, but also, it's kind of like a bittersweet...
1: cover-up of physical evidence. That's what it was.
0: Right, right, but... The parents were finally able to prove what they knew all along, which was that the boys had indeed been murdered. So their case was officially changed from an accidental suicide to a homicide. Um, damn time. So if the focus of the investigations turned towards allegations that their death had something to do with drug trafficking. And this is what Linda Ives is super passionate about. This is yeah. like her theory that she's standing behind. And, it I mean, it makes a lot it's of sense. Probable. Um, more than probable,
1: actually. She
0: believed that some additional people were thought to be connected to the deaths or to have information. People who knew each other and supposedly knew things about the county's quote-unquote drug underworld had to have been involved.
1: The governor, Bill Clinton, and his board declined to fire Malik despite more than four years of public criticism of Malik's work. The record shows that Malik testified erroneously in criminal cases, that his rulings were reversed by juries, and that outside pathologists challenged his findings. This yeah. guy was in hot water, but was protected by the Clinton administration in yeah. Arkansas for years and years and years. To me, it sounds like it was a political placement. Like, he for had some, some of the, like, the bare minimum requirements. You know, there are scratching people's back, House of Cards, Frank Hill style, and just did worry himself with the... Yeah. Oh, Frank Underwood. Underwood. Oh, love it. So yes. good. Why did I say Frank Hill? Where did Hill come from? I don't know. Okay. Hill? I don't know. Anyway, so like, no, it seems to me, like this guy either was like on drugs all day and just didn't give a fuck, or he just... Was completely incompetent and was put into a position of power that he was not. I think he was bribed all the way around. Oh. Yeah,
0: so years later, people are finally starting to like kind of come up and confess what they really saw, and like the story is slowly coming together. There's a grand jury that's opened up, and like all these eyewitnesses are starting to randomly fucking die, and it's really weird because they're all connected to the case. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And after Dan Harmon was tasked with assembling the grand jury, um, Harmon himself may have known more about the morning of the boys were found than he had let on. Unknown to most of the community, Dan Harmon had been heavily involved in the local drug trade, particularly drug parcels that were regularly dropped around the area. So, so there's there's two people that are really important to this. It's Charlene Wilson and a guy named Keith McCaskill. So I'll actually start with Charlene. So a woman named Charlene Wilson claimed that she too had been on the railroad tracks that night, the same night that Kevin and Dawn went spotlighting. She, Charlene Wilson, Dan Harmon, and Keith McCaskill had all met each other there in anticipation for a scheduled drug drop. The group hadn't realized that Kevin, Don, and other boys from the area had heard stories about airplanes flying low near the area and wanted to check it out for themselves. Obviously, the planes that were dropping off drugs. Yeah. Um, whether it was simple curiosity or if the boys had planned to steal the drugs for themselves is up for debate. But, according to Charlene Wilson, when the boys were spotted, something had to be done about them.
0: Okay. Okay. So, the story is slowly coming together of what really happened that night. And so,
1: Charlene came forward, um, and she's actually believed to be a very credible witness because she implicates herself. So, she said that Harmon's motive was to find out the names of the local informants and others who may have had information on what had really occurred that night and take them down one by one. And that's why he wanted to be so involved into, like, the judicial process of this case. Right. So... In spite of her confession, Dan Harmon was never considered to be a suspect. I so wonder she why. Had like, That's so right? weird. So she had like been dating Dan Harmon,
0: and Dan she, Harmon was like the playboy of Mina. Oh,
1: sweet. Yeah, hot. So, um, she was actually framed later for. Um, by Dan, like, not framed, but he yeah, turned no, her Yeah, no, she in. was straight up set
0: up by Dan. Yeah,
1: and she got put into jail for a number of years.
0: For having drugs. For having drugs. Her first drug offense, she was put into jail for, like, 30 years.
1: Yeah, it's insane. insane. So she was put away so she could talk. She wasn't killed, yeah. but everybody else was. So when yeah. we me talk about that. Oh, so, yeah. Everybody else was. Oh, well, yeah. So... One by one, anyone who may have known anything about the deaths of the two boys died under mysterious circumstances. Among them, of course, had been Keith McCaskill, who was with Charlene and Dan the night that they were spotted. So, Keith was a bar owner on the outskirts of Dry Saline County, who dealt in methamphetamine. Duh. So. He loved math. He loved it. And so, he'd also been known to work as a police informant. So, McCaskill because of his relationship, alluded to one of the officers he knew well that he had some information about what happened on the railroad tracks the night Kevin and Don were found. None of this information was ever proven, and McCaskill was one of the few people who could provide that information to a grand jury. He was found stabbed to death in his own driveway. Hmm. So nobody corroborated it, and he didn't get to testify because he was killed before he
0: Also, McCaskill was actually hired by dan Harmon to take photographs to take ariel photographs of the scene
1: because he knew he
0: wouldn't do a good job or because he knew i'm gonna fucking kill, kill you anyways. anyways yeah
1: exactly and, oh this is all just us speculating this is you know
0: well keith mccaskill he's a well-known manager of a local club obviously somehow involved in the drug whatever yeah asked to asked by Harmon to take these aerial photographs and then murdered a couple weeks after the case and right before he's testifying
1: right. before the grand jury. Yeah, sketchy fuck. Mm. The next one, this guy, Gregory Collins, who allegedly had information to present to the grand jury in regards to Kevin and Don's death, died from a gunshot wound to the head. His death had later been ruled a suicide. Ooh, I bet Malik did it. Like, anybody with a gunshot wound, eh, killed himself.
0: Yeah, Sure. Well, he had. I I read that this guy had three shotgun blasts to the face.
1: Uh, isn't that how everyone like murders themselves? Oh my god! How do trigger you trigger your... fingers? in Mina, is are... that a thing? Is trigger? Is that a? Oh well, a trigger finger is like how you like. How's your trigger finger? Like, are you fast? Do you have a fast trigger finger? Like, well, how
0: can you do one, two, three?
1: You can't. Yeah, that's my point. Oh yeah.
0: Mina, they've He's got some
1: crazy that. little little trigger fingers
0: down there. No, be a high school mascot. Just a finger.
1: <laughs> just a, just a, <laughs> welcome to me. The finger
0: going crazy.
1: <laughs> Shoot them up. The fingers. trigger
0: fingers. Shoot them up, <laughs> fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I like it. I can see that. I can see that
1: too. Just, just a like a finger. finger. <laughs> and the mascot, just a one big the finger. The pointer. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Me too. I actually think we should start a high school football team called the Fangers.
0: And Mina. And Mina. Yeah.
1: Okay. So if the deaths of two key witnesses weren't enough, Keith Coney, another boy who had known Kevin and Don, had allegedly gone with the boys to the tracks that night, had also died under mysterious circumstances within months of Kevin and Don's discovery. According to reports, Coney had been driving his motorcycle at a high rate of speed when he crashed into the back of a semi-truck. Some say it was a tragic accident, Malik, while others believe he was being chased because of what he may have known.
0: Yeah. And, like, apparently the crime scene, it looked like he'd been kind of, like, run off the road. And I think he was, like, stabbed in the neck. So, Why not? Yeah. So, duh, Malik. Ruled that suicide. <laughs>
1: suicide. When in doubt, suicide. Yeah, um, I'm gonna make another drink for myself because and for you too. Deal? Woo, those first we're
0: thirsty. Ones. Right, right after work, guys. Those okay. Don't count. So there's one more. Jeffrey Edward Rhodes. His body was actually found in a landfill in April of 1989. All of these deaths were ruled as suicide by da 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 da.
1: The suicide king himself. The
0: suicide king himself. Dr. Fami Malik. Yeah, he loves love 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 suicide. suicide. <laughs> um, okay, so all of these deaths ended up ruling as actual homicides. Surprise, surprise. In March 1990, after yet another investigation. So, Tommy Nighthouse, he was 12 years old at the time of the murder. He said he was with some friends that night in the woods. By the tracks, and they spotted a few men on the tracks. Tommy and his friends witnessed these two boys, Kevin and Don, going up to this group that they saw, and they saw that they were kind of hesitating and tried to walk away. But one of the men yells at them and then a gun is shot. And Tommy Nighthouse did not want to come forward for years because he was so scared. For sure. Um, and then so when he did dies. commit suicide? <laughs> No, I think, he, I think that's what... Actually did? Maybe. They thought he did. If you want to believe Malik's.
1: <laughs> There's a trend, people. Like...
0: Um, and then Rodney Goodwin, he was driving by and said he saw the boys getting beat up by two men in an unmarked cop car and specifically stated that one of the boys looked like he got hit by the butt end of a rifle. Um, like he
1: saw it in action. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And then okay. shockingly dies. So let's fast forward. It's right around the time, 1991. Guess who's running for president? Oh my god. William Jefferson Clinton, aka, AKA bill. bill Clinton. <laughs> cool Bill. Bill, president. <laughs> yeah, so duh. As soon as Bill runs for president, all this shit about Malik's coming back. And people are like, fuck you. You know, everyone's trying to find some scandal with of course. the guys running.
1: They've got a deep will for that one.
0: But guess what? what? Malik's resignation conveniently appears in the media right as William is running for press. So several allege that he made a deal with the Clintons. But sure. thank God. Regardless of if whether he made a deal or not, he's not doing that job anymore.
1: Well, and, and here's another a little thing. little fast fact about that case: like after his ruling, his initial ruling got overturned. Clinton had hired two pathologists out of state to like come and review his performance, and they gave him super high marks, Malik, and said he should get a raise. So he got a forty-one percent raise. Linda Ives found out about that raise and got fucking pissed. Yeah. So, she um, and others who felt wronged by Malik's decisions began exchanging phone numbers, and they formed an organization, Victim of Malik's Incredible Testimony, or Vomit for short. Which I love. Love it. You know that they're like... We got it. it That's a great title. Love it. Yeah, so creative. So they began collecting signatures on petitions seeking his resignation. And for three years, Vomit says Clinton's staff had refused to let it present the petitions to the governor when he was still governor. Gotcha. And to your point, like, not the fuck out of Dodge whenever Clinton couldn't protect him anymore. Yeah. Which is so fucking shady. Yeah. This is why, like... Look, I don't care about your political affiliation. We don't talk politics on here. Like, we I don't. really don't care. The it's whole government—it's all, all fucked up. But, yeah. Both sides. But I mean, come on. No matter if he was a Republican or a Democrat, shit like that—that that comes to light. How could you? How could people say that they loved Clinton? They just liked him playing the saxophone. Yeah. Which was, was actually a brilliant PR cool. move. I mean, I liked it. That was cool. But. Because that is, like, fun and gimmicky. Yeah. But, like, shit like this happened all the time. Like, yeah. I don't care what, like, if that came to light today, people would be up in arms. Because I bet that this, these kind of stories didn't reach anyone. Because it was in a local paper in Mina.
0: Exactly. Well, that's a huge thing. Like, every time it got national press, like, it kind of got swept under the rug. So... Supposedly, if you ask anyone in Arkansas, everyone is super familiar, like, with the case because mm-hmm. they'd all heard about it, like, from their family or from their friends. Yeah. But, like, nationally, it's not really that well known mm-hmm. because, you know, they try it and get up or whatever. Right, exactly. So, yeah, the, the whole, like, conspiracy here, it's not really conspiracy because it's, it's fact. fact, was that Mina was a drug drug and um Barry Seal who was a former DEA spy he he had actually already died before this whole thing happened. and it is thought that Barry Seal he had this whole thing set up and Dan Harmon actually took over
1: did he get shot 10 times in the chest and killed himself um, as a suicide yeah.
0: i don't know how um let's see truck
1: of fingers fighting so, fingers the fine fingers <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay So this is Linda Ives' like theory. She says the drug drops at that site, which was known as A-12, according to Barry Seals. So Barry, okay, Barry Seals was part of the CIA. He kind of was like a double agent. So he was Mm -hmm. working for the government, like monitoring these drug transactions. But then on top of that, he was also working for the drug lords, trying to make money right he's like a
1: double agent
0: right he and really it was, was his
1: setup but like you said he died before it came to fruition but he had been right
0: and apparently it got passed down to dan Harmon. but this is linda down. Ives' theory um which is i think pretty accurate i mean it sounds pretty accurate the drug drops at that site which was known as a12 were arriving weekly and they weren't just drugs they included money as well the drop that was made the week before the boys were killed went missing, and the people on the ground were on high alert trying to find out what happened to it. Kevin and Don come walking down the tracks, and they immediately think, like, oh, it's probably these two fuckers, and yeah. grab them, interrogate them. Uh, they were beaten and stabbed and put on the railroad tracks, covered with the tarp in the hope that the train crew would not realize that they had run over actual people. Right. And this information... Actually, it isn't just from Linda. It comes from various witness statements. That's what a lot of people think. Like, around the town, that's what happened. Um, there is a documentary called The Clinton Chronicles, and Linda Ives was filmed in it. This actually really goes into the Mina airport. We don't have time. Like, we don't have 10 hours to talk about all the drug drops and the drug conspiracy around the MENA airport, but... Apparently, it's thought that this had been the command post of the biggest drug smuggling operations in the United States, importing $100 million of drugs per month into MENA. Watch out,
1: Pablo Escobar.
0: I know. (laughs) It's your competition. Um, It is alleged that much of the money had been laundered through the ADFA, a bonding agency that Governor Clinton had created to help small businesses got started. Mm -hmm. So that's why this is all sketchy around the Clintons. And then in November 1996, a CIA inspector general's report was declassified, and this admitted that the CIA had been at MENA for routine aviation-related services, that L.D. Brown, who was an Arkansas state policeman assigned to security at the arkansas governor mansion had been a candidate for cia employment in 1994 at the suggestion of bill clinton and the cia had limited contact with seal and installed cameras on his plane so that's where this whole thing comes from and this case is still unsolved yeah
1: so especially with like a lot of these like older cold cases and this is what people hope for there's there's two things one is advancement in technology with existing evidence that you can process that better. And yeah. two, time. Yeah, Investigators and police officers they and, and detectives, they hope that as time passes, people who were scared then come forward. And so actually, um, there's an article, and this was posted a year ago in February, almost exactly a year ago, um, a new witness came forward. So this guy, his name is Billy Jack Haynes. In March of 1987, this guy was, he was a wrestler. Um, and he was in Detroit, Michigan during WrestleMania. And then that same year, 900 miles away, of course, our story happened, right? Um, then today, February 13th of 2018, Haynes. Oh who, yeah, that was honestly like, yeah, a Yeah, exactly, a, a year, year ago. ago. Haynes, whose real name is William Albert Haynes, claimed he witnessed Kevin and Don's death. So the big question was, why should they believe him? Why now?
0: Well, Haynes, Haynes said you he the... sobered up
1: a few years ago and reached out to Larry and, uh, Larry and Linda Ives after years of guilt. Um, so the trio, the three of them, contacted a private investigator named Keith Runcival, and Haynes spilled his side of the story in a YouTube video, and I have it right here. Oh it's wow! It's a six-minute confession. Like, so he did this to raise money. Yeah. Um, and he says, "I come with no hidden voice. I come to you straight face to face because this is reality, man. Don't hide nothing." In the tape confession, so this is what it says. Um, he claims that while performing for the the that wrestling, um, the WrestleMania. He transported and trafficked cocaine through the United States. And his side job eventually brought him to Arkansas. So he's a wrestler that was also, like, getting some cocaine cash on the side. Um, He said, I was also an enforcer who provided muscle to other parts of the criminal element to ensure that their illegal business dealings were collected upon. Mm, Bodyguard. In in August of 1987, I was contacted by an Arkansas criminal politician and was asked if I would provide muscle at an Arkansas drug transaction. So in in the video, Haynes refers to a male criminal politician multiple times that never names him by name. Haynes said the politician was suspicious that cash from drug money drops was being stolen. Uh-oh. So he's conducting security for the drug money drop. While he was doing that, I wit- he says, I witnessed the murder of two young boys. They were murdered by other individuals who were working for the same criminal politician. Their bodies were placed on railroad tracks to be mutilated by a passing oh train. Oh, my God. So he's now 64. In twenty, I guess he's 65 now says he reached out to Linda Ives in 2016 to explain what he saw. In addition to providing his account of what happened, Haynes says he handed over names of everyone who was at the scene. I'm, and he go to quote, I'm standing here putting my life on the line, telling you that I could very well be killed. Well, that's the trend. Um, they have to be taken down. Wow. Yeah. So, So she, Linda, and here's, her little response she goes we're very excited about the information he has um so oh, God, justice yeah. for linda justice for linda for our mama. i know so now and i haven't seen an update from this from a year ago they are waiting to hear from saline county investigators as about whether they've spoken or plan to speak with haynes so to continue the investigation they're still waiting to see if they'll like actually talk to this guy Still ongoing. Fuck. You know who we should call? Billy Jack Haynes.
0: I was gonna say let's call Donald Trump. He would love to get into this. I think.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think he's friends with the Clintons.
0: Are you? Are you kidding?
1: Mm-mm. No. There's no way. Oh yeah. They, yeah, for sure.
0: You think they're yeah, friends? They oh no, yeah. They hate each other.
1: Because no. he's not the most conservative Republican. He's not, like, right-wing I, com- Republican. But look,
0: I feel like they're just in the same social circle, almost.
1: Well, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Donald Trump it's was It's just a because they're
0: all a part of the Illuminati. Duh. Duh. Yeah. I don't think they're friends, though. They
1: really disrespect each other. Well, I think they were both competitive. Well, yeah. I think over the yeah, years they were bad. friends. So, anyways, like, oh, I terrible. think this you know, final thoughts, like, yeah, 100%, this was, like, total cover But the up.
0: thing, everything that we've talked about, that's all fact. There was, this was, like, a heavily, like, drug drop yeah. area or whatever.
1: I think it's, it's just basically, like... All of
0: these murders, they yeah. were tied to the Clintons, this sketchy-ass medical examiner who's, like, BFFs with the Clintons. Yeah. Who gets... Arrays and gets, you know, saved. Taken care of. And taken care of. It was definitely a cover-up. It definitely had to do
1: with drugs. And, and well, I guess now it's like, it, it's just, it's it's a conspiracy because it still isn't solved.
0: Yeah. Because it goes all the way all to the top. top. Yep. Pew, 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 Those fingers. Those fingers. Fighting fight fight fingers. fingers. <laughs> so funny. I love it. I don't know. Oh, so, okay. Dan Harmon has been prosecuted. Finally. For drugs. For drugs. Not for this case. No, not for this case, but for drugs and for a lot of other cases and for being involved in a lot of sketchy shit. So that, like, that's a little bit of justice. At least he's locked away.
1: One thing I know for sure is we wouldn't be talking about this today if it wasn't for Linda Ives.
0: Yeah. She's a good mom. Kick ass. Yeah.
1: Good job, Linda. She's Yeah. Okay, so, anyways, well, well guys, um, hopefully, this was a good story. Go to, like, seriously, go read about this. Go read some details. It's fucking it's nuts. It's crazy. It makes you mad. It does. It makes me a little upset. But it's a,
0: I mean, it's a great cold case. Praying for a deathbed confession. Mm, love those. We need more of those.
1: Yeah. We did that one. We'll do some more. Yeah.
0: We'll find some more okay. stuff. So. All right, well. We love you guys. God Definitely. bless and really trust no one. Really <laughs> Just trust no story. one, not your government. Yeah, Cheers. not trust your government. <laughs> Bye. Bye.